I feel like we're going to try and compensate with gifts. And I want to say yeah. that like, that's okay. But also try and make, try and make room. I'm going to try and make room for quality time in my Christmas break, because I know that that is what we're really missing more, th- more so than gifts. We've all like bought it, gone on an Amazon binge over quarantine, you know, quarantine. No, I hope not. I hope we've gone to AK press instead. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dave. Thanks for joining Bob and I for our podcast, Thriving in Dystopia. And even though we always try and be professionals, sometimes we swear. So just know that going in. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Yellow streets and... Oh, no, that's not it. Yellow streets, cobblestones, not it, Bob. <laughs> the the mind works in beautiful ways, Dave. Dave, were you giving us a little bit of a prelude to this episode with your choice of song tonight? Um, boy, I really don't. I wasn't trying to. I was really trying to keep what we were doing under wraps tonight. Did I? Did I spill the beans? You. Only metaphorically did. I think. I think we're still good. Ooh, good. Um, you know that's a funny expression, huh? Spill the beans. <laughs> the beans did are I, all over the kitchen floor. It's like, oh my gosh, you sp- like. Where do these expressions come from? There's so many funny idiomatic expressions, and I they're love mostly that one. from when we used to work at the farm, on farm. <laughs> Yeah. Kick the bucket. Yep. Spill the beans. You know, we once met this really strange Vermont farmer and he said that he got his car running and when he was finished getting it running, it was smooth as beans. I was like, boy, that means nothing. (laughs) Anyhow, how you doing, Bob? I'm doing pretty good, Dave. Great to hear your voice. Haven't heard it in a little little clip here, and we're back recording in the night show, which feels weird. We we ha- we had one day show, and now the night show feels weird. But I, I'm into it. Yeah, how yeah. you feeling, Dave? Boy, you know it's been just an topsy turvy days. I feel like one day I'll have full of energy, and I'll just be like the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I feel like I, I'm embodying that a little bit speaking of idiomatic expressions, but then the next day I'll just be um, dead as doornails and I'm just having dead to the world, you know? And <laughs> um, Keep it up, babe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that it kind of feels like that's, and I, I bet a lot of people relate to that, how like, I don't know, I'm sleeping more. Like I, I usually find myself tucking myself into bed around like, eight, eight thirty, and then I'm asleep by nine, you know, and then I'm waking up at, you know, six, six thirty. I feel like that's a lot of sleep to be getting, but you know, we've seen the last full moon before uh winter solstice. Oh wow. And yeah, we're getting to the darkest night. You know, I think we're only today happens to be the third of December. And I feel like a few weeks from now it's gonna be the darkest night, solstice. And yeah. I often think of our mom during this time. She yeah. is, is like the Advent woman, which is kind of the 
it's seen as the time where people were waiting for Jesus to appear. Is that right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I think so. Like the, the son of God was like, like people, what is it like prophetic profaned? Like someone said, God is going to have a son and people were like sitting there waiting, but I don't know. I also feel like this time is the time where you sit and you're waiting but I feel like this is the time where we're waiting for solstice to hit so we can start counting hours back. I don't know. I feel like this is definitely a waiting period, you know? It is. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely like countdown. And uh, that's why it was prophetic or what your, your song going into the darkness, right? Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, that was interesting. We're going into the shortest day of the year, but you also mentioned how we're going into a new moon. And so we're going to an, into a real dark, dark period, which is uh, actually I, I actually look forward to this time too. maybe mom pass that down to me. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like going into the darkness at this time of year. Yeah. I also like being a teacher this time of year. It's useless. I mean, we get nothing done, you know? Oh, yeah. I, nothing gets done in December. Yeah. It's like, what are we thinking? Um, but we at the old school I used to work at. I really enjoyed it because we would put on a holiday play. Oh yeah. Those were classics. They were classics. So we would like basically shut school down for three weeks between Thanksgiving and whatever Christmas. Um, And I mean, it wasn't like shut down. Obviously the kids were there, but like everything was like in full prep and it was really cool to be able to like, take the school and learn an entire play in that little bit of time and it felt like full on but by the end you had this like set design and dancing and singing and it was amazing it was a really cool thing and i feel like it was way better than my goal for this time with the students i'm currently working with is i'm like you know what i'm gonna teach them long division i have this goal for them to be able to do long division problems by the end of this uh three-week period Wow. There yeah. we go. Yeah. But I feel like only a fool makes um, like ideas like that. It's like no teacher should ever like try and implement like the goals that they have. I mean, that's what we do. But like to make this timeline for to teach, you know, 20, 25 kids long division, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Not in December. No, not in December. But we'll see. Anyhow. Yeah. And are you back to remote teaching? Yep, back back in black, back online. Um and it's been good. It's always transitions are hard, so the kids are like struggling a little bit, but um yeah, it's what it is. So I feel like all you can do is try and ride the wave a little bit. Yep, Dave the wave. <laughs> Dave the wave. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, um we find ourselves in uh, time of surging coronavirus, COVID cases are surging, and the governor of California is putting us back into some pretty, um, like, strong shelter-in-place orders and closing down businesses again. I think definitely the strongest order since the beginning. Hmm. So I think we're going into another another turn in this whole pandemic situation 
um, which is always interesting. I think that goes hand in hand with thriving in dystopia. The, you know, pandemic has been a constant friend of this, this podcast, if we want to call it a friend. Um, (laughs) And it's just interesting to, to track the ups and downs of this pandemic. Um, We also know that uh, the vaccines will be rolling out this coming week, at least in Europe and Hmm. likely also very soon in the United States as well. So that'll be interesting to, to monitor and see, see what happens. But yeah, we are really in a dark, dark place with the pandemic. Um, Hopefully we can start turning the, the page with that, but yeah, un- unbelievable that we're nine months in. Wow, that is pretty unbelievable. Yep. Do you mind if I take us to a little bit darker of a place? Keep on going. Yep. Um, this is thinking about sharing this a little bit with uh, the Did You Know, but I was happening happened to be listening to Democracy Now, which is just the War and Peace Report. It's an incredible source of information. And you never know when you're going to catch an uh, episode, what you're going to catch on it. And I don't listen too often. I usually leave that up to you and Julie to listen to Democracy Now. But um, yeah, the one that caught me this week was talking a lot about um, federal inmates and how they are being... They are being put to lethal injection and on death row this year. And Trump has moved towards opening up um, other avenues to kill federal inmates. And he is trying to get like different laws passed as a sitting duck president to make it so um, I can't remember the other two ways. I think he wants to use... Uh, I'm going to, I'll butcher with other ways he wants to do it, but he's trying to kill five more people in the next three months who are on death row. And um, no sitting duck president has ever um, executed a federal inmate since ni- 1890, which is just like, think about like the times that that was happening where that like in 2020, like where we progressed to and like all the changes that have happened. I mean, there wasn't even like refrigeration in 1890, you know? And I feel like that, it just feels like the wild West back then. And here we are in 2020, like the next stage and like five people are set to be executed. And also the first woman is set to be executed in over 70 years in the United States. And it's just a really sad story. um, What happened? Her name is Lisa Montgomery. And she is the victim of a lot of childhood trauma and abuse. Um, What they said on Democracy Now! I'll give a little bit of a content warning. You can skip ahead if you need to. But um, yeah, on Democracy Now! Like her father built like a shed out back so he could prostitute her out to like the plumber and roofer and other people. And she like grew up and by the time she like with just serious psychological problems, right? She can't even be in a room without, with a man without breaking into hives. And, um, she's was being, she was arrested for, um, killing a woman, a pregnant woman. And 
the she was given a defense team of all male def, uh, like defense squad, mm. and she spent the majority of her time curled up in a ball. And you know she was her the jury was all men except for one, and she none of her history were, was ever brought up during trial. So like her like history of trauma and sexual abuse was never brought up during the trial to, and um, which is like, I kind of feel like, how can you like get the full picture? Like, I'm not like trying to say what she did was okay, but it's like, it comes from a place of deep psychological problems. And it's just like the saddest story. And um, that was part of my roller coaster this week. I was thinking about her and thinking about the people that have these like deep pains that they carry with them from a young age and how what happens when as they grow into an adulthood and how we're just not taking care of them. And here we are looking at Trump who's already executed his like the Trump administration has already executed eight people this year, which is astronomical and trying to execute five more and you know lisa montgomery is set to be executed five days before biden becomes president which is just like ah what a shit show wow anyhow and you also said um helen prejean was uh part of the show as well yeah helen prejean is the author of dead man walking and she's become like a capital punishment activist um she's like and she was really well-spoken. She was the one that Amy Goodman was interviewing. So, yeah, I highly recommend going back and listening. I have no idea uh, when it was. So, <laughs> But I'm sure a quick Google search would yield some results for y'all. And, yeah, you'll get a much better story from Goodman, as always, than from the brothers. Um, the brothers, what are we? <laughs> Who are we? Where am I right now? Uh, what? <laughs> just kidding um i was gonna say the story of the brothers grunt is that what we used to call ourselves that's right <laughs> based upon a short-lived mtv tv show yeah that's five dysfunctional brothers <laughs> anyways to go totally off topic the brothers grunt are never going to give you what you need that's for sure <laughs> Well, I appreciate you, Dave, bringing that to our attention. And we, it's really important to, um, you know, highlight oppression where it's happening and who knows what can happen, you know, can, can start a fire somewhere. And yeah, I, I like what you said around um, just democracy now. And it's important to tune into it every now and then to get you fired up and and seeing just what's out there in the world there's so much going on yeah i mean gosh but it's funny too i i fired up like once every other week or whatever because it's just too much you know yeah so hard to hold that all and then you think of amy goodman who's been holding it for what 30 years now yeah how does she do it yeah i feel like there's people out there that can hold a lot and I appreciate that, but I'm also like, whew, that feels like a burn. But hopefully at the very least, I don't have any action items. Like, I didn't come away feeling like there was anything I could do. I felt pretty hopeless. Um, but, you know, always trying to hope, hold out hope for the next generation and be that guiding light. Um, and, you know, 
lighting a candle for Lisa Montgomery never hurt around this time. And uh, yeah, all the other people that are <laughs> on death row, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. There's this uh, article that Craig Haney wrote about his time. He's, I think he's fought for a lot of death row folks, but this one person, one of his first, and it really like almost broke him the way that they treated him. And, you know, that led to Craig Haney doing a lot of social biographies, which are like during the sentencing phase, you're supposed to be able to bring in things that could be mitigating factors that you were talking about the the background of the person what trauma they may have faced and so he he specialized in those so it is a just miscarriage of ju- of justice to, to not have those as a part of her case moreover um the death penalty is just barbaric so that it shouldn't even exist in the first place yeah yeah well that's a Real, real hard one to start off with, but I wanted to, sometimes I think it's more important to start in the hard, the dark and move towards the light. And that's why I didn't want to put this at the end of the episode. I wanted to put it at the start and let us, let us get into a little bit of the meat and potatoes, Bum. Yeah. What is the meat and potatoes today? Do do you want to introduce it for the lovely listeners? The lovely listeners. Yeah, I, you know, it's just pretty open right now. And I have a few ideas on where I want to take it. And I'm curious to see how you take it. But um, as we have been celebrating as much as we can this year, it's kind of the idea, the title that we're kind of going with right now is celebrating the other. And opening that up to being like how we can celebrate each other is one of the way one of the directions I want to go towards because I feel like I just want to talk about what that means to celebrate someone else and to uplift them rather than to as we talked about a lot last week we have a way of or we um society people and all of us have a way of like chopping chopping each other down rather than uplifting you know and I feel like I'm curious to sort of talk about what it means to uplift. That's great, Dave. Yeah, it's a great, interesting topic, celebrating the other. And it's some where my mind goes is first of all, maybe taking it to a place of something maybe that everyone's familiar with. Like, how do we celebrate people in our lives that we love, our friends and family? And the first part of it that's interesting to me is I'm thinking about so often we learn to celebrate the other by, you know, just doing things like having a party or a surprise party for them or buying them something that we think they might like. And I wonder where that came from, you know, that tradition, because there's something special in there, but there's also a lot of risk to do something that other people might not like. And maybe it's like in taking that risk, you're supposed to show how much you care for that person and and guess what they would like. And, you know, something that they didn't even know that they would like. However, I think that puts 
a large burden on people. And I feel like this time of year, people get a little bit stressed out trying to find the perfect present for someone else. And, and, and that's hard. I think maybe like overly hard in causing tension and stress. So, you know, that maybe the flip side of it is talking with people and seeing what they would actually want. But then that risks also like being maybe too boring or, you know, not spicy enough. So I don't know, something in between there might be some happy medium in this question, at least in this first part of like celebrating the other in terms of when the other is our friends and family. But yeah, that's one place I went. Where do, where do you go with that, Dave? Yeah, like the whole idea of gift giving. I mean, I'm sure that's on literally everybody's mind right now, right? I feel like one the second the turkey clock hits midnight, the Christmas tree goes up and we start like frantically thinking about gifts and people. And like, I don't know if you did this, but uh, we sat down and like made a list of people who we want to give gifts to, you know? And it's such a funny idea because I like literally the list would be endless of people who are deserving or should get gifts but it's like you know we have people that we like some people that you just need to give gifts to almost and some people that you want to give gifts to and then it's like the whole gift giving idea is just like such a funny idea because I don't really know where it comes from either but I do feel like a strong connection to it um yeah, we can talk a little bit about the five love languages, as I'm sure we've mentioned a few times, and something that I always like to think about of like, um, so the five love languages are um, gift giving, words of affirmation, acts of service. It sounds like I'm reading them, but I'm just like trying to come up with them in my head. Um, physical touch. And do you know the last one, Bob? I can't think of it. I was thinking of some of those other ones, but the last one's eluding me. Yeah. Well, I'll look it up as we're going. But I feel like a strong connection to gift giving as a as a love language. And I feel like the idea of saving something special or like finding something special that like speaks to like a relationship feels really good to me. But as all love languages go, and as we're talking about celebrating the other, we have this idea that like we have a certain way that we like to celebrate someone else, and people have ways that they like to be celebrated. So for instance, I 100% of how I want to be celebrated is with physical touch. I love the idea of just like hugging and cuddling and just like being near people. And that is like such a part of how I want to be loved, how I want people to show me, show me that they love me. But I, yeah. And I feel like some people, they might not want to show their love that way. And I feel like that it can create a little bit of um, like a disconnect. And yeah. Like, I know that like, this is like not, this is not real news or like real breaking ideas for anybody, but I think it's important to think about that and think about how we can celebrate people. And it doesn't have to be just gifts, especially this time of year as we're, you know, 
just getting pounded with this idea that like we have to give gifts or like gifts need to be special or gifts need to be perfect. I think there's something special of doing like taking time and maybe doing a active service or like especially words of affirmation right now. It's like mm-hmm. it's so nice to have those that those cards and those notes to be told that you're loved by somebody else. Oh, that's great, Dave. Yeah, I think that's a very beautiful reminder that there's lots of ways to show love. And yeah, it's, I think people, people in couples or just friends have different love languages. So I think that is helpful also to clarify what one's love languages are. And so I appreciate you bringing that into this, this as well. I think that can help to clarify that sweet spot that I was talking about before in terms of, you know, just celebrating the other and sort of trying to read their mind, Mm -hmm. but that being a risk. So, um, you know, having the love languages can, can, you can speak with the other person around these things. Yeah. So that's very helpful. I wonder if beyond like friends and family, you were thinking about celebrating in a, in a larger way with this topic. Is that where your mind went with this, this one? Oh yeah. I guess more, maybe not just necessarily beyond friends and family, but beyond this time of year, beyond Christmas, beyond pre-Christmas, post-Thanksgiving, you know? And, oh, I do want to say that the fifth love language is quality time. And it's one that I often forget, which is interesting. Um, but it's a very important one as well. And anyhow, um, yeah, this idea of uplifting is kind of what I'm thinking about. Like, how can we lift each other up? Like, what are those things that we can do? And because I feel like if we're uplifting to each other, then we can we can move mountains. And I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen like as a teacher, like the idea of just like being truly enthusiastic and truly excited and truly like encouraging is like the way the responses that you can get from a kid is astronomical what can Mm -hmm. happen there and yeah and i feel like we we almost do it easier for children right it's way like if you think about it it's way easier to to like celebrate a kid or congratulate them give them a medal like talk about how great they did you know riding a bike or doing something for the first time and i feel like it's not as easy for us to celebrate adults. And that's something that is kind of frustrating to me because I've definitely noticed too that I want to like celebrate. I guess I'm, yeah, like I want to celebrate Julie, my partner, as much as I can. And there's some moments where it's like when you get, you know, we've been together 10 years now and I, always want to just be like constantly celebrating her but it's not just her i want to celebrate everybody that i'm i'm with and around and i feel like the more i think about it the less i realize that i'm like being that that force of inspiration and um encouragement that i think we all need more of and i think that that is something that can like make us move mountains when you i we all are just little children wanting that 
wanting that encouragement from our teacher or from our parent or from that from our our friends you know and it's funny how we come a little bit more beholding i think in adulthood yeah it's so true we we don't do that for adults and why don't we do that do we think we will risk um you know embarrassing them or embarrassing ourselves or something like that maybe we're more cautious around adults but i think we're way less willing to give affirmations to adults which is sad because i do think they're very helpful and they show a lot of love so i like where you're going with this yeah it sort of leads down the path towards gratitude which is another theme that's been in my week this week this idea of gratitude and holding each other um I mean, gratitude goes so many ways, like the grateful heart is a heart that's ready to be open to the world. And I feel like, yeah, gratitude doesn't necessarily, it's easiest for like to say like the big things that we're grateful for. But I also like saying gratitude towards those small little things too, and the little moments. And I think that that is part of the practice of uplifting is this daily practice of gratitude. Yeah, it is. It's uh, very important. It opens people up. You know, it softens people. And it sort of gives a a grounding in something. Do you find yourself practicing gratitude, Bob? Yeah, I do. Tell me yeah. a little bit about Quite that. Quite a bit. Kind of all the time I'm trying to practice gratitudes. You know, just an hour ago, seeing the sunset taking a moment to just appreciate that I'm alive watching a sunset. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the majestic beauty is always a moment that brings us into that moment of gratitude and it opens us up to be like, yeah, this is like a sweet little moment. I I got a book recently. Um, I think it's called the book of the little book of joy. I should look at it, but it's like these little stories from a man. I'll look it up as I'm talking. Um, he like would write little moments of joy that he found each and every day. And I feel like it's a, um, a way of practicing his, like just that gratitude towards the world. And the, the more that he wrote, the the more that his joys became these like smaller things, just like watching a watching a goose fly, you know? And I feel like there's something very Mary Oliver in that. And um like this idea of like finding or like very poetic, right? Is what I'm trying to say. In these like little moments of joy and beauty and like laughter and love. I feel like those are those moments that like can really open you up to gratitude. And that sunset kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, definitely. I like that image of the the goose flying. The gratitude is the first step of Joanna Macy's work that reconnects. That's what her work is called The Work That Reconnects, and it's all about basically re- remembering or knowing that we're all connected and not separate, and she has that as the root of all the ills of society, all the oppression and exploitation that it's based on, this idea that we're separate from one another, and she, she's a Buddhist. 
Um, and yeah, the first step is giving gratitudes in a group together. And I, I like that a lot. And I think that work is really valuable in terms of anti-oppression work and liberatory work. So I think in that, that sense, it's, it's really powerful too. It's, it's like how to, you know, love or celebrate the other, the other, what that also means is the, the person in society who is like derogated or seen as the, the enemy of society. And, you know, and historically these are, um, you know, people of color, indigenous people, um, religious minorities or, you know, non-Christians, uh, women, trans people. So to celebrate the other also means to like, hopefully it means to engage in liberatory work, anti-oppression, oppression work. And that, that was brought to my, I just, yeah, sort of had that flash when remembering Joanna Macy's work. So we can link to her book as well. Nice. Yeah. I like that a lot. I, yeah, I'm not too familiar with Joanna Macy, which is, um, it's good to, good to just have this, oh, these opening moments too. You know, I've heard that name so often. Where did you come across her first, Bob? Oh, um, I can't really remember who it, I think like it was about five or six years ago, somewhere in Santa Cruz, someone, yeah, maybe an activist or something like down at the hub talked about her. Um, but at some point I got her book and it's called active hope. And I liked that book a lot. Um, that title is great too. You know, hope is when is, is within action. You know, when people are taking action in the world, on the world, that is where hope comes from. And I, I resonate with that idea quite a bit. Hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. I've also, um, I think I'm pretty famous for my misquotes in general. So I think it's always good to have a whole crew of people um, making sure that they, I get it right, you know, because um, the book is called The Book of Delights, not The Book of Joy that I was first quoting. Oh, it's good. It's by uh, Ross Gay, which is, yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll just read a quick, quick snippet. Please. I don't know if it's the time I've spent in the garden. Spent is an interesting word, which is somehow an exercise in supreme attentiveness. Staring into the oregano blossoms, wending through the lowest branches of the gomi bush and the big vascular leaves of the rhubarb, and also an exercise in a supreme inattention or distraction. Or should I say, or fleeting intense attentions. Or should I say, or intense fleeting attentions. I'll just leave it there. But I do like the idea of just this where where musings can take us and how these little moments of delights can be a way to celebrate the world. And when we celebrate the world, we're celebrating each and every one of us, you know? Yeah. What I'm getting is this like, again, this softening of like hard exteriors, like listening to that, you 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 can't help but to soften and to like just smile and that's a great beautiful thing to because 
everything is so rigidified, hardened, and, you know, just that's the world we live in, right? It's ever more hardened. Things are more polarized. So to be able to soften and then to maybe find delight or joy together, that's actually, I think, really profound. So thank you, Dave. Can I ask you a question, Bubbo? You may, Dave. And I don't think it's one I've ever asked you, but I'm curious, what are your love languages? How do you like to be loved and how do you like to love? What a, what a question. Yeah, I... Um, Put you on the hot seat. I think like uh, all five of them I enjoy, you know, I don't like not like any of those. Um, I, I think I really flourish with probably, yeah, affirmations. And quality time with, and I, I, I like service a lot too. Um, you know, like those who engage in activism, I really love that, you know? So, and, and then I think I'm pretty good at gift giving. I'm like a good listener. So I tend to be pretty good at that. And, and then also probably quality time as well. I like to really try to be present with others. So yeah, that's what comes up for me. How about you, Dave? Be, you've, you've shared a little bit already, but I'd, I'd love to hear your answer fully. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I hate surprises. So I feel like that kind of is what a, that's kind of what a gift is, right? <laughs> As we talked about at the start of this idea of like gifts more than more often than not need to be a surprise. And I feel like I'm not an easy person to buy a gift for. And you're like the hardest person in the world to buy gifts for because you need nothing and you want nothing. And, <laughs> um, which makes, yeah, makes it hard. Right. So yeah, I, I really, I like, I like spending quality time with people, but I feel like that's, it feels funny right now. It feels really hard to find those quality time moments. And I feel like, yeah, I, I imagine that there's a lot of people that have been really struggling with the idea of losing quality time. And I, you know, I'm so fortunate to have, um, like a quarantine, like a Valentine in quarantine, you know, like being here with Julie is like really uplifting for me. I don't think I, this would be so hard to do by myself. And yeah, I definitely want to like, you know, uplift the people that have been doing this by themselves. Cause they're not alone, you know? And, um, yeah, it really comes down to just wanting to be held. I wonder why I wonder like where that drive comes from, like where, where these wants come from. So I just like want to have that physical touch and, I like it when people do stuff for me, but I, I really like doing stuff for other people. So sometimes when someone does something for me, it's like, man, I could have done that for you, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I love doing acts of service. That's like, I mean, as always, you know, Nick Cantrick, he's like the man that does acts of service. He is the guy out there. Nick Cantrick reference. <laughs> Hello. Get the buzzer going. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> And of course, of course, we got to mention Jen Grilly. Um, <laughs> love it. Anyhow, yeah. So I definitely like giving gifts. Um, 
and I like acts of service and I find it hard to give quality time. Um, that is the thing that I find hardest to give. So it's interesting. Yeah. Now that you say that, like, I like to give quality time, but I also feel, I find it hard too. And, you know, there's so many folks out there that, you know, I feel like I, I owe a good, good phone call to or zoom session, you know? Um, but like just haven't been able to, I don't like to give like half calls or something like that. You know, I like to really be there. Yeah, you, that is very true. You're not, you're pretty all in, but it's hard. It's hard to be all in, especially with so little time. And it was nice to try and connect as much as, as much as I could with people over Thanksgiving break, but it's such a short break. Yeah. It's only a few extra days. And I feel like it will be hard this Christmas. I feel like you and I both have historically gotten a lot of quality time with people over Christmas. And you know, with you not coming home this Christmas break, I wonder, and it's also like, I don't know if I'll be seeing that many people over Christmas break, especially with the weather being so bad. And like, yeah, it just might, it's just going to be a different Christmas than ever. And I feel like, I feel like we're going to try and compensate with gifts. And I want to say that like, that's okay. But also try and make, try and make room. I'm going to try and make room for quality time in my Christmas break because I know that that is what we're really missing more than, more so than gifts. We've all like bought it, gone on an Amazon binge over quarantine, you know, quarantine. No, I hope not. I hope we've gone to AK press instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've all, we've, we all had those dirty moments, Bob. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Jeff Bezos wouldn't be rolling out a hundred thousand new jobs if we didn't. Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, amen. Uh, well, Bob, it feels like a pretty good spot for us this week, doesn't it? Yeah. I thought I think we got to a pretty, pretty delightful place, Dave. Yo. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. So shall we? Let's do it. Hey, hey, did you know? 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 Yes. Bob, has that song just been running through? Are you loving the jingle? Oh, it, it gets better and better. Yeah, the jingle is is pure gold. Yeah. Shout out to Editor Nadir and his guitar yep. skills. Loving it. Yep. We're, we're lucky. Gratitude to Nadir. Nadir. Yeah. So, um, I think I'm up this week, aren't I? You are. You are, my friend. Well, I'm going to share some gratitude towards... Julie, because right before I was like, oh man, Julie, I don't have a good did you know? And she said, well, let me give you some plant knowledge. And she told me, and this is true of all hot peppers, that hot peppers, they dilate the veins. So like when you are like, uh, what's the, what's it called? Capsin? Is that what it's called? The, the spiciness thing from hot peppers? Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. So, or capsaicin, capsaicin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds it, even more right. Yeah, it sounds even rightier. Um, <laughs> so, capsaicin dilates the veins. And so, your blood vessels will dilate when you have capsaicin in there. And it kind of dilates um, all your like tubes in your body. 
And so, for instance, she told me that people that are suffering an asthma attack, you can get like you can pour like a a tablespoon of cayenne pepper into water, and you can give them like you can give the person suffering from the asthma attack, you can force feed them this cayenne pepper blend and they won't even like struggle with it. Like the human body knows that at that point, like it's a medicine, right? And so we'll use that and you know, it will like your, you will dilate your tubes and like air will flow more easily and you'll stop. Um, the asthmatic person will stop choking. And I find that really interesting that like, I know that if I were to take a tablespoon of, hot pepper it would just like blow me up but apparently if i was suffering from asthma it wouldn't even hurt like it wouldn't be like the capsaicin wouldn't like affect me in that way which is pretty cool i did not know that dave (laughs) oh good yeah there you go bob classic did you know from excellent did you know from the brothers grunt (laughs) fantastic dave hey you know um i have to mention a movie that i watched recently as well Oh, please. What did we call Uh, that section? Tuned in. Tuned in. We watched uh, the movie Fargo, and I hadn't seen it in a long time, and it it was fun to watch that movie again. I told uh, Kiki, this is a great, like, winter movie, and she thought I meant great Christmas movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, no. The winter of our discontent. That's right. (laughs) Although I will say this, you watch that movie a time or two and then you'll just start cracking up. Like you cannot like, you know, Norm and Margie and just watching their like interactions. Huh, DLR plates. I uh, tried to do a check on that and I couldn't get anything back. (laughs) Not so sure I agree with your police work there. (laughs) Oh my God. That's such a good movie. I can watch it. Thanks. Yeah. Nice, Bob. Yep. Get that Fargo going. Well, you want to give us some coordinates, Bubbo? Will do, Dave. You can email us at DavePeachTree at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at thriving underscore in underscore dystopia. We're on Twitter at bmaze, B-M-A-Z-E-19. Where else are we? Oh, we got our website, thrivingindystopia.com. And finally, find Dave on TikTok. Um, I I think you're uh, Dave Peachtree on TikTok. Yeah, I better check to see if there's any followers now. (laughs) Can you even message another person on TikTok? I'm not sure. Um, Maybe. Probably. probably. Isn't it weird that there's all these apps and you can like, you can message people in all of these apps. So you could be talking to a person in like eight different places. Oh my God. Yeah. It's incredible. I love it. I I sometimes will find myself with just like messaging people like crazy all over the place. And yeah, I mean, I've had deep, deep, um, conversations with Ryan Sitzman on words with friends, you know, the messaging, uh, (laughs) app from words with friends. Oh boy. I owe that guy a text message. Thanks for reminding me. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Sitz. Yep. (laughs) All right, Babo. Well, We'll see you next week and keep on driving out there. Love you. Yeah, we will, Dave. You take care, buddy. What's up, driving crew? Bob and Dave want to take a second to thank you for lending them your ears. 
They also want to thank the artists for making everything a little more beautiful. The intro song is In Heaven by Drake Stafford. Our audio is edited by the consummate and dexterous Nadir Chayetch. Web design by Chris the Mixer Sawyer. And of course, visual art is by the prolific and enigmatic Joe Shine. And finally, our new outro song is a cover of Can't Help Falling in Love by our editor, Nadir. See you next week. Oh